Bode. Welcome to Brika Sock, a Mandalorian podcast. My name is Cork. My name is Marika. And I'm Brett. All right. And we are back with episode two, or part two, I guess. Oh, no. We're just... <laughs> part two of Triple Zero. Uh, well, Republic Commando Triple Zero. By Karen the Turf Harvest. By Karen the Turf Harvest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we want anything? Marika has actually finished this time. Yeah, I have gotten to the end and... Ugh! So there's going to be a different perspective, I think, <laughs> at this point forward. All right, do you guys have anything to say about the first part? I'm curious, though, to... to uh... I thought it should, each hand was being treated kind of good in the first part, and then <laughs> I finished the book. Right. <laughs> yeah, treated too nice in the first part. <laughs> I wouldn't say too nice. We still had that whole description of her, whatever, some charisma or attractiveness that would justify why Darwin was so attracted to her. She was treated too nice in comparison to how she's treated through the rest of this. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, did you guys like it so far? Are you enjoying yourself? I kind of did like it and, and enjoy it. I mean, it was the... It was it was a soap opera. Yeah, it got soap opera-ish. It you was... can't look away. It's like Jersey Shore. It's so bad, you just can't stop watching. And all of a sudden, you're involved in all these ridiculous relationships and bullshit that's going on. Yeah. It's true. No, I'm sure it treats its women better. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I will agree with that 100%. All right. So, last time we ended with Jailer Obram calling House Akrata and telling them that they may have started a gang war. Um, this like- was after... B and Sev kind of went off on their own bullshit. And then the woman from a mall and then Jess drove her away in a taxi and they blew up some cars. It was crazy good times. (laughs) All right, so then we start chapter 13 with basically Cal going to the morgue and seeing that our fallen friend, like our fallen friend, that is also now dead. Oh, the fallen. The fallen. um, The fallen fallen. The fallen fallen. Yeah, is in the morgue, and basically we get a little bit more info on the mole, basically saying that, like... This is when we find out that Fawns have, like, pheromone powers, right. and that he could have been controlling the woman at seven feet. Right, yeah, that. yeah. Okay. There's, like, a tons of different stuff in this part here. I can't remember the specific information on the <laughs> See, I'm in my notes bag, and then I can go on. Mm-hmm. But basically... All right, so they basically end up deciding that the best thing that they can do, um, since the mole seems to have some kind of contact, and since this appears to be a gang war on the surface, mm-hmm. that what they think is that basically a buyer tried to intercept and got their buyer killed, and now they're looking for a new buyer. Okay. So, so Cal basically decides, well, why don't we be the new buyer? Since Ordo is during this time collecting explosive and preparing. I don't even remember why Ordo is specifically looking. So we can get, uh, so that they can put him in, in the same location as Bessany. I think it's because. No, no, that's that's separate. He's doing 500 other Because taxes. I think it's because they're saying that anyone who's buying this, um, that a large amount of it's right. on Coruscant are probably the terrorists. Because you'd mostly, if you were just going to do, like the terrorists they're looking for, because if you're going to do yes. on Coruscant, you're mostly buying guns. I don't right. these people would probably be buying that level of experience. Yeah, but I mean, why is Ordo buying them? In the- I guess maybe to get their foot in the door for a backup plan, because it doesn't end up working. I think they're buying them to then, yeah, to then try to become To then seller. try to, right. Okay, well, they decide that this is their best option. Yeah. Let's go to the buyer. We are now going to be the best source. So, basically, Ordo ends up coming up and being like, yeah, I got fucking tons of explosives enough to, like, blow this whole fucking quadrant. Mm-hmm. into the atmosphere. They also, like, make a joke. I think that that he... <laughs> they make a joke, but I think Ordo is actually serious that he hid, like, half of it under, like... I think Scorch's bed. Yes, I think um, <laughs> And they also do mention that the explosives are rigged and that certain metals, or actually any metal... Yeah. 
brought into it will cause it to Back become unstable and explode. Yeah. Um, that way, even if for whatever reason, maybe they sell it to the wrong person, they will hopefully only take out the person who was hoping to use the explosive instead of them actually being able to build a bomb them. and make it worse. Oh, we also have like a little moment I wanted to mention where they're all kind of like hanging around and figuring shit out. And basically, Etain just notices that Fia is kind of sad hmm. that he doesn't feel the same as he did on Kolaria, that like things are different now and that he seems seeking something more yeah. and she also kind of just like has this whole realization that like her real purpose is you know being kind of an advocate for the clone yeah um that she doesn't really care i mean we saw that even through the beginning of and even a bit toward the end of our contact right well. that it was less about like you know the republic as it was about the clone yeah for her because she's she's always tweeted them like peeps so. yeah so eventually val ends up showing up so val ends up showing up and there's some drama between like they all like pull their guns because they don't know who it is yeah and like you know cal has to get like eight into back down specifically be like mm. cool and they just like whatever mm. <laughs> i'm all angsty abused by <laughs> all the clothes <laughs> so i basically find out that just had contact through a drop at work um that was the woman that they kidnapped yeah. that Val had been torturing during this time and that it was basically a drop in the woman's fresher mm -hmm. so in the woman's bathroom they were basically exchanging info Yep. Um, and Order decided that he will basically go and continue recon. I thought this as was going to give Aiden some, 18, something to do. Because it was like, oh, they're dropping it in the women's bathroom. And then Order's like, I will continue calling. I was like, okay. <laughs> can't infiltrate the women's Whatever. Yep. <laughs> okay. So then this chapter ends with Cal basically discreetly, not discreetly, feeding the info to Cubo, the owner of the bar. Mm. that Cubo. they have explosives yes. and that they're looking to sell. And this is also when he's... See, I don't know how I feel about some of these inclusions. Like, I like it of, like, uh, are we playing into the stereotypes of the world? Because he, he ha says that Etain is his daughter and mm -hmm. that, like, whatever the money they're going to make up the explosives is supposed to be part of her dowry. And, like, uh, it... I don't... Like, okay, yes, I agree that it's stupid, but it is... It is Etain who brings Yes. But, and I kind of thought it was kind of a fun, interesting, like, we're almost mocking how sexist this world is or the society that we live in is. Then I have now reached the end of the book and I was just like, Karen, what are we doing? Like, that's what why I mean, is that where Etain's mind went? the strangest thing about these books in general is that, it, like, if I didn't know who the author was, like, I have this ideal in my mind when I'm reading them as I'm like, oh, God, this was clearly written by a man trying to write women. Yes. And then I'm like, nope, it's written by a Trying what? to write like a man trying to look. Yes, exactly. Like it's like she's trying to be intentionally sexist to appeal to men that are sexist. Such a strange what marketing. Part of it, I ended up reading part of her like bio. She's mostly done like she did like military journalism. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I feel like that a But there's still a I still feel like there's a... I feel like she's coming from a very sexist, military, macho-esque back... Where, like, even though she's a woman who was able to succeed in it, it was still incredibly sexist, and I don't think she was aware of the sexism. And then, so she just wrote it in there, possibly not Maybe, aware of it, but then her also being a turf, it's like, it's so... She's so... She's so fucking weird. Right, because if she was going full feminism in this, I'd be like, all right, it makes sense, she's a turf. Right? But the mm -hmm. fact that she, like... Really, just she completely misses the mark on the women at yes. every point, and it's so strange. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't get how she's a turf and a sexist, right? Like, like, she somehow it doesn't make cold. sense. <laughs> it's very, very, very. But anyway, <laughs> but she's a New York bestseller. New York Times. Yes, I thought you were saying like 
No, she's from she's from she, no. she's from England. Oh, of course. She's not ours. <laughs> we have enough bad people, but this one isn't ours. <laughs> um, all right. So then, chapter fourteen. Ordo ends up going into the logistics center and swaps with Core. Um, he is pretty su- suspect of Bessany. Mm-hmm. At this point, most of the I like Core. I just want to say. Oh yeah, Core's fun. Core's yeah. Core's fun. Core. Yeah. Course, Core's Echo. He is. He is the Echo of this. Yes. Course, oh, Does he just... actually stick around? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he seems, like, excited at being like, wow, I can wear, like, Republic Commando armor? That's kind of cool. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, so he's like, he likes it. He's like, fuck, I didn't even think about it. He's a reg going into the bath. Yep. Oh, he is. He is very Echo. Oh, remember. Well, not in this book, but eventually. You don't know shit. <laughs> you don't know shit. Eventually, regs get, uh... Promoted into as commandos because they weren't making. Oh right, right, right. right. Yes. But I mean the fact that he was the first. He was, the, and then that's why they ended. Up. Yeah. We're getting ahead of ourselves, Brett. <laughs> Brett to come. You want to go fight? Let's go right. right now. So, but he's mostly at this point at least suspicious of Bethany because she seems agitated, and not because she's, she's so attractive. No, this and time. she's hot. He and it she's up. hot. <laughs> whatever. Frustratingly um, so. She's yeah. Yeah, who frustratingly. Ever, who would ever want to fuck this? It's so attractive. Just She's so hard to make mad, angry. <laughs> I think I won't put Cal literally almost says that. I'm sure I haven't marked it here. I'm sure. Fuck you, Karen. But anyway, so basically the whole point of that though is just that Ordo is chapter 14 is really nothing really happened. Um, and then we basically we basically set up a meet. Yeah. For potential buyers with Cal. And they basically talk about the dust stuff, which is really all I want to talk about. Yeah. The tracking dust. Um, and that is basically just, they're going to be able to fire through basically DC-15s. And it's going to give some kind of fucking dust that they inhale and then they can track it. Magic cocaine. Right. Yeah, it sounds like, like some shit Amazon comes up with. <laughs> I, I like that for like a very... Facebook. First off, <laughs> that felt like that felt like a kind of a cool sci-fi thing. Yeah, no, it did. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's basically they're able to like shoot like a little spray at people and like then they can track. Right. It, no, it worked. I agree. And who came? Who did they say who came up with it? They didn't, but Jessica was the one who recommended it. Right. Okay. Because he, he, I didn't know it. if there was like some member who was like a more like no, like tech one. So Jessic just likes looking at a lot of new tech okay. and finding like new tech and new kit. Yeah. So he found it from some like experimental scientist. And okay. was like, we're going to use this. Yeah. And so they pretty much just get set up for a recon prep. And it is specifically said that like everyone kind of feels like a team. And I do like this point because like it is literally everyone. Yes. It's not just Omega and Etane even and Cal. It's like Delta and Etane and Val. Like everyone is involved here. This is the yes. first time everyone feels like a fucking team. Yeah, because isn't this is this the one where it's Cal's going in and then saying that Jessica's his nephew and that they're the ones trying to sell it? Is that where we are? Not yet. Not yet. This is this is the one where it's just Cal meeting up. Okay. But everyone is getting ready for it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, and it's kind of like uh, again that whole idea that they keep doing of like the mixed squad. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, all right. So. Chapter 15 starts with Ordo undercover. Again, we get the whole stupid Bessany is attractive shit. Uh, it, but how, are, how are you going to remember from the last five pages that she's attractive? Well, how else can you describe a woman if she's not a tiny, unattractive little skin and bones thing? Or super hot Bessany? <laughs> it drives me insane. There are you two have, types of women and you know that. You haven't even Yeah, you haven't ugly, eating and hot as fuck Bessany. You haven't even got like, I mean... After this, I was so excited, so ready that me and Brett actually started reading the a little bit book. of the next one. Yeah. And actually, Bessany is one of the the 
the point of view characters. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Does she talk about how hot she is? Uh, <laughs> more of like being like, I'm used to attending. Ugh. But more being like, but not being like, no, but that's what the guys. But not in like a good nuance. Like, yeah, I get call, called a lot. More just like, I'm no, used to attend. It's kind that, of like, like no, it's kind of like a both. Okay. It's kind of like a, it's annoying. People are sometimes afraid to approach me. But maybe in a few situations, I can use it to my Yeah. I don't want to lead Karen sexist. Tarvez talking about a super hot woman dealing with how she is treated by men because she's super hot because it's literally Karen's already mistreated her like that. It's not even that much, mm-hmm. like yeah, right, exactly, <laughs> right. Well, but it's annoying because Bethany's when you go through it, you're like, oh my god, Bethany is like the smartest person in this whole fucking. Well, world. that's when you ended up bringing her up at some other point. Yeah, you put her up in some other episode, and you're know, like, because I know eventually it ends up that she uh, she gets married and just moves back to Mandalorian, and then you don't hear from her again. Yeah, because you're just I'm like, what's happening with Bethany? Bethany was cool as fuck. Mm. Right, because her point of view, like, in, yeah. in True Colors are really great when you get it. Because, like, it's this whole thing of, like, her investigating, like... Also, I really like accounting. I think it's interesting as fuck. I know I'm, like, the only... But she's basically, like... I'm an accountant, so. I guess. But, I mean, like... But, like, <laughs> it's cool. She's basically, like, an investigative accountant. Mm. Like, she ends up, like, doing, like, spy shit to, like, literally all the way up to, like, the, like, fucking Palpatine. <laughs> doing secret ass shit and like and she's fucking a clone like a bitch that's my goal in life <laughs> i just i like her she's very cool she's very smart later on and then like so when you get connected to her in like true colors and other shit you're like all right now she's gone yeah that's kind of the problem with that there are so many characters yeah anyway wow we've run through like two chapters so far <laughs> this is bad um so we end up finally uh Ordo basically realizes that there's nothing. Bessie isn't being specifically suspicious or anything else, but he is—he's got his peepers on her he's for multiple his, reasons. He's got PP on her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then we get to the recon, and I literally just wrote, "Be a sad and lonely." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of Fee throughout. Yeah. Everyone's kind of getting girlfriends, but not Fee. No, because he's fucking Seth. But Seth's too. Seth's too. Seb has too much internalized homophobia, Marika. Yeah, this is true. I don't even know if you're fucking, but oh, he guess, definitely wants to. There's not a lot of Niner in this. I was not just thinking, I was like, except for, I was like, who's the fourth member of the team? I can't remember. And I was like, oh, Niner. He fights boss. Yeah. It, Niner is just very the steady. Everyone else is having crises. <laughs> Niner is just chilling. Niner is probably the most, yeah, he's the most put together. So he's fine. He's the most sane with, in this one. Seeing life on Coruscant where everyone else is falling apart and just soap opera nonsense. I do also have to say, soap opera nonsense. We all know. Let's take us a brief little Rob and Quark's Thesev alternate universe, I guess. Anyway, here's a quote I have. Um, <laughs> one of my gay labels? Yeah, one of my gay labels. Um, it's, I want my hood back, Darwin says. I want my enhanced view. But you get to wear face camo instead. Makes you feel wild and dangerous. That's what he's saying. That. Okay. I'm wild, Fee's voice says. Sev was behind a roof, uh, blaster under a pile of discarded plastoid sheeting. And then it get dangerous. Shut up. Copy that, Fee said cheerfully. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Anyway. <laughs> that was all I wanted. Um, so anyway, during the Reese, the meet ends up being successful. They do end up ta- tagging all the targets with their little weird magic dust. And there is a moment where basically it seems like the... Uh, I think it's, I don't think we get his name yet. But the contact basically brings up the war. And asks him about like clones and shit and to Cal. And Cal basically is like, who gives a shit about clones? I don't fucking care. 
Yeah. And then he's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then Ora starts crying in his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> no, because he's still he's still watching Bessie in the bathroom. Oh yeah, he's not there, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. If he was there. <laughs> Literally. Yeah, he's watching to see how many times the hot chick goes to the bathroom. Or Orna. they're all so fucking... I have to say, I don't know who's worse. Cal's the worst. <laughs> now that I wish they had Cal's the worst. Right, right. There's a difference. There's, he's manipulative. He's emotionally abusive. He might... Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, like, rank levels of abuse, but, like, we'll get to right, it. Of but course, of he course. might be worse than Val. Right, that's what And Val's doing some fucked up shit, but, like... Right. Jesus. But Val acknowledges that he did fucked up shit. That's true. That's the point going forward. I'm even mad at remember that Tumblr post? I don't even know when you brought it up. That someone said that Cal Socrata, that Din was the first good dad in Star Wars since Cal Socrata. What yep. the fuck? He's terrible. I have thought of that every day. <laughs> you <laughs> for a year. <laughs> every day. I rage for at least five seconds about that. This is actually you want to watch the Jedi over and over again so I can just watch what good dad Din is. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, so it is successful. That's basically the whole point. We end up going back to Ordo for a little bit and he's seeing Fest get more and more irritated and he's kind of like suspicious like because she went to the bathroom but she didn't go to like the drop site or anything oh it doesn't he isn't he a, there's a camera in the bathroom isn't there right i guess facing it the locker like it's like a locker part of it like it's not like we in hope the so. stalls. yeah hopefully just like we're putting our bags here not like we're right. changing out of the showers here what the fuck would they be doing changing out of the showers like, maybe people run to work cork i don't know maybe everyone bikes to work we don't know what kind of office this is. Maybe there was right, an office in the sky. We know exactly what kind of office this is. We we're in this office for quite a lot of time. Anyway, and so then all of a sudden, so he's able to see that she checks the lockers yes. and doesn't find anything. It seems right. No, no, no. She doesn't check the lockers. Oh, but she still seems irritated. Okay, who checked? The, someone checked, them, right? No, but here's the big. You're thinking of the big point. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, dun dun dun. Just walks in. Our dead bitch that Val killed. Yeah, because he like pushed off a balcony. Right. Yeah, and um Ordo's like, oh what? What? <laughs> 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 I was suspicious of the how one, now I'm suspicious of the dead one. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so <laughs> we end up switching back. And the tracking did work. So we basically saw that Core was able to set up this whole system. We were able to see a map of everyone. There's some more Aiden and Val tension of... Air quote tension. <laughs> shit to happen. And even more of Val versus Cal, which is a thing through the entire series. Yeah. Who is the better dad? It's more like who's the worst <laughs> Well, they're competing for who's the better dad. Really, right. it's who's the worst right. dad. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, also, I do like at this point that like, everyone is like down at the bar. And then Fee and Seb come up together and are like, Hey, Aiden, I think Osimo wants to see you. <laughs> yeah, I love how, like, Aiden is never, like, the one who is told someone has to go up and be like, hey, the girl who likes you wants to see you. But the fact that, like, Fee and Seb walk into a room that Aiden's in, it's like, hey, you should leave. Osimo hey. wants to see you. Go, go fuck the girl down in the bar. We're going to fucking hear. Literally. Darman and me chain took the other room. <laughs> well, no, because at this point, basically, Ordo tells everyone that our girl we thought was dead is uh, not dead. Yeah. And him and Eve Tain end up deciding that they will both investigate yeah. and basically track and figure out 
who the fuck this not dead dead person is. Yeah. All right. Oh, I will say this is. I didn't see this twist coming, and I did like this. Oh, really? I just I didn't think that. I mean, we mentioned Chloe a lot, but I didn't think. I thought it was just because you know that's where we all were before. That's where we all met. <laughs> Karen's not the best writer. Like I just I actually did, right. I was surprised by this twist. I did not see it. Um, I just want to say that one thing is really fucking gross and weird. <laughs> Is in chapter 16. I literally just put at the very beginning. You good? <laughs> um, literally, I put chapter 16. The very first thing I put was weird maleness comment. Literally, there's this whole thing where it's at the very beginning, and Ordo is talking about the fact that Bao let him a jacket. Okay, this Ordo fell in the pockets of the new dark gray jacket that Bao had let him and felt compelled to inhale the unfamiliar scent of its wearer. Antiseptic soap, wep- weapon lubricating oil, and a maleness that was not hit. That just did got- cow come in the jacket? No, I think it's just like it's just gross. <laughs> Don't say it like that. Why yeah. would you say it? Or just like an unfamiliar set. Like you could have just said it. It's something that was distinctly cologne. not. Cologne. You could say his. fucking cologne. A cologne. He didn't. Re- yeah, a cologne. Ordo couldn't place huh. the cologne. I, cologne. I weirdly, I know we cologne. Cologne. Uh, <laughs> it's called slavery. I. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like this is because Karen's not a good writer, and I feel like that's a woman trying to write from a male perspective, and it just comes up weird because, like, a man would never say that. Right, like I would never that. wear, like, someone's jacket and be like, this smells gendered. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, but I think she was saying, like, oh, like as, as a woman, I, say, I, know. I recognize what a male scent is, but, like, I don't think Ordo would say it like that. Like, a scent, he would say a scent that wasn't his own or something. It, it comes off so, like... Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that was like, Ugh. Creepy cringe. Like, right. Creepy cringe, you're like, like what? All right, Fuck so- your brother's dad? Like, what? Jeez. All right, so anyway, I just thought it was so weird. I had to mention it because it was <laughs> That's basically, if you have not read these books and do not plan to read these books, that's that. the time to write it. It's just fear and you have to be prepared. <laughs> right. Yeah. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, are we hit to get gay? And every once in a while, it's like, excuse me? And I was like, do they just say that out loud? That's so on the nose. What? <laughs> it's like, fantastic. like, keep that in your head, Tim. Yes, it but is works. Perfect. But why? Because it's an actual book. And I don't know who these characters are, really. I wouldn't even say that. I mean, I'm not going to say no, they are, but it's just like, you know, but it's sometimes it's just like, oh, I've been really into this ship for like years and they're like, well, this isn't well written. This writer is probably 13 years old, but like, whatever. Like, I'll accept this because it's fanfic. And I was like, Karen, you're like a published author who created these characters yourself. Right. Some of them. So then we end up having Ordo and Etain are undercover trying to figure out who the fuck this not dead person is. Yeah. And they are... Basically, like, hanging out in a speeder outside the logistics center. Real fucking awkward, because both of them are kind of awkward people in general. <laughs> you can't a little better than Ordo, but Ordo is real fucking awkward. Yeah. I think, is this where he's sexist a couple times? I feel like this is where I completely was just like, I don't like you, Ordo. He's like, is this where he keeps down Etain a bunch and being like, uh, you're not good at this, or... I don't even remember. I just, I don't like Ordo. This is I, where, okay, okay, well, okay. I feel like it's how he treats Etain, but then, you know. So they end up, they're awkward and like the speeder is supposed to be acting like a couple. Yes. Ordo doesn't get it. No. Etain at least gets how to pretend. Yes. So they end up following Jis and she ends up like just randomly disappearing down an alley and when they go there, there's like a man there and they don't know who the fuck, they're like, what, Jis is supposed to be here. Yeah. So Ordo ends up like just shooting. Oh, yeah, this right. is the scene where Right. So Etain sees this She's basically a slick form and slightly kind of recognizes it. 
and calls the check command that she had seen Cal use when Val came in on Aten and the others. It's which is basically a it's what Cal's able to say to get the clones to completely stop what they're doing in free space. Right. But it is a very well drilled Oh no, this is what it is, because he's so fucking mean to her after she says this. And it's just she just didn't know. Like it could have been it could have been clone military speak for all the Aten. Because no one tells her anything. Right. Because no one treats her like a person. I think you're thinking of uh, no, I think you're thinking of when when she apologized. Well yeah, well yeah, eventually. Yeah. But, but based off of what happened. Here's the thing is, um, I'm going to say from the whole series, I do mostly like Ordo. Not as much as I like E-Pain, but I like Ordo. I mean, really? I honestly think Ordo was, Ordo was basically the A-10 of Cal's kids. Oh, okay. You know, it, so he's, yeah, the, the, he's the hardest. He's kind of the most beautiful. Yeah. Okay. In, in like a very more vague way than Val is literally just going to needle you. Yeah. Or, yeah, Cal is gonna do all this crazy manipulative. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, okay, well, whatever. So, anyway, as they basically stun this person, Bessany ends up running into the scene, and I think Etain ends up stunning her, and they realize that who they basically stunned first with the check command was a Galarian. Oh, yes. And, uh-oh. It's Skinner. Yes. So we end up back at the base. Oh, this is one of the things where we were talking about core. Uh, Socrata was like getting everyone ready to deal with all this fucking shit. Yeah. And, you know, core is like doing everything. And he's like, core was a, just a young man with Durasteel mechanisms where he should have had real hands and it broke Socrata's heart. Droid, they're making you into what they always thought you were. I was like, she's like, he just prosthetic hands. He's not a droid. Shut the fuck up, Cal. What the fuck? Yes. Like, what? Also that. Agreed. <laughs> but also, my first thought when I read that, and I think I said this to you, but when we were fucking ex- Yes. Yeah, how they fucking- Because, once again, it's Bad Batch. Yeah, Republic Commando. Yeah, Bad Batch. Bad Batch is more based on the Delta. Yeah. yeah. You can pretty much- Yeah. Oh, yeah. You really can. Also- so Crosshairs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I really- No, no, no. <laughs> About Cross- No, Crosshairs, uh- Crosshairs who? Who, who do you think? Crosshairs, Brett? Well, Hunter's boss. Mm-hmm. Wrecker's probably Sev. No, I was no, thinking Wrecker's fixer. Scor- Scorch. Tech is fixer. Tech is, tech is fixer. Crosshair. Crosshair is Sev. Shit. Yep. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> so, the Galarian is, survives due to Etain and Jessic using some healing. And what... The- are they are all Jedi able to do like minimal force healing? What? Are all Jedi able to do like minimal force healing? Pretty it depends much. on if they are trained in it. Okay. Because I know we said during her contact that like it was more we were, we were talking about like how all the clones are like oh well, we've never really met a Jedi before but like well, this is what we know about Jedi so E.T. must because I think it was like I don't even remember which two of the clones but they were talking to each other being like oh well the other two if they get injured it's gonna be fine like E.T.'s the Jedi she can honestly force and it was just, and I remember even I said on there like well E.T. clearly can't fucking force you people she's a terrible Jedi <laughs> like so because at that point like the only people we had seen force heal were Grogu and Wang so I was like Okay, so it's kind of um, oh, is this in Legends. Weird, in the Legends, can more people can? So in Legends, oh, I mean, even still in technically canon, it's not there was four, there were like force healers okay. that would be a part of like the Jedi Order and the Jedi Temple. 
Okay. It wasn't like rare, rare, but you had to be trained specifically for it. Usually you usually didn't have like this inherent ability like Grogu does. Grogu has this inherent ability. He's a child. Does he or was he trained? We won't know. But he wasn't trained choice. that much because he's still a fucking toddler. Yeah. <laughs> is what I'm saying. another um, Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like, eh? Yeah. Okay. It's, it'd be more like. Uh, so both Edith and more- Jessica together. Could you, like, oh, no, they didn't do enough to, like, stabilize. Is this where we find out that Glorin is Jen Arc from Hard um, Contact? Yeah, we have a, uh, yeah, we have a, we have a few seconds. Oh. But yeah, yeah I guess they were able to, like, stabilize the Glorian. Yeah, they're the Glorian, yes. They're able to, I mean, fuck. At this point, we know it's a Glorian. And I thought, like, oh, it's probably Jen Arc. Jen Arc. Like, right. I was like, oh, is this? Who else would it be? It's either Jen Arc or that distracting one from the meeting. I'm just trying to find uh-huh. Contact. Who also went back to Kalaria and was mm-hmm. just like, I need to go find Jedi and like slithered away. That's Jenner. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Anyway. Jenner so, is literally a worm with legs. And yeah, I, and then I, there's I, another worm, worm with legs. Like, did I tell you I told you what they look like in my head right the legs don't aren't in the middle part of the worm they're at the bottom it stands straight up it has two buff muscular legs at the bottom of the worm and it just I mean, that, like that, a the way the description is that it does not seem completely impossible <laughs> yeah like <laughs> Which also just makes me have that every time. <laughs> Mildly disturbing, walking towards them and talking. Okay, this is the thing that I wanted to say about Bessany. I was like, I know I have it marked, but there's a thing about Bessany here. Thing about Bessany. So she comes up and she is still like kind of bruised and. Oh, yeah, they also shocker. brought Bessany back to yes. the safe house when yes. they brought Jenna. Yeah. yeah. And basically, Cal is like uh, looking her over and talking about her. It's like, Orta was looking her over as if she was a new species, And she was. There was a comfortable zone of attractiveness in females, and then there was a point beyond which it became too much. The very beautiful were intimidating and underwhelmed. Venina had passed that threshold, and Scrata was ambushed by his own unexpected ability. Why do all the men hate hot women? What are you whining, Karen? It's so, it's so strange. It's so, it's so nowhere. I mean, it isn't out of nowhere from the rest of them, but but if you like just reading that line out loud, I was Karen and Insel. Yes, it sounds like Insel logic. Right. But she's a woman with a bug. It, it is this whole right, like. There. there are female insults, but yeah, like what the fuck. Also, I will also say that for some reason, I always was saying, were you saying Winnen in your mind? Because I was always saying Vinnen, like she was German. Oh, I think I was saying Vinnen. Me too. Yeah. So okay, like, good. all right, it's that technically. W-E-N-N. E-N. But that's a very German spelling. Right. So I was always saying it, Bessany Venon. So I'm yeah. glad you were too. Yes. Because that's how I'm going to continue to call <laughs> yeah. Bessany Venon. But yeah, no. it No, because that even added to it because I was just like, oh, so she's like a hot, blonde German woman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or her parents at least are German. There's something about it that I thought, first of all. Very English. First of all, anyone who is saying females, I, I just hate that word females yeah I like that like well, it's even a comfortable zone of attractiveness in females the That's way Karen thing. uses females is she fights like a she fights like a man it's, and that's exactly what I'm saying. She's writing like a man trying to write like a woman, but still appealing to men. Just and so it's weird, because women, so I feel like women very rarely use females. Like, that no, like a No, women don't. Thing. And women don't like when no, it is. No, people it's so say weird. female. You're right. You, no, that's not. No. no. It's not a women talk. No, it's not. And I guess it's And I guess at this point we're talking about But how. it is a man, but like. But don't, like, aren't you uncomfortable with that, Karen? Like. And there's a level of, like, there's a whole point that, like, Cal thinks he's the perfect man, though. 
I feel like literally this I, I feel like work. Karen was raised by the Duggars. Like how right. fucking sexy she is. I don't understand. It's so odd. It's so so strange. So basically, Cal ends up asking her why she is you know so like, attractive. <laughs> no. How dare you be so hot? Get away from my son. <laughs> what's going on with her? And she basically like you know, and she's smart, so she's like, oh, I get it, like. You're doing anti-terrorist yeah. ops, you know. And he's saying all this shit. And she's basically, like, asking where the Galarian meets into this. That she's mimicking this. And she basically is like, all right, whatever. I get it. You take my data pad. I don't fucking... Yes. And he's Which like, why? These are the moments that are most frustrating. Because I like when they, like... Like, the women characters do have these, like, good moments where they, like, have agency. And they are, like, actual contributing members of the team. But then later on, like, but this is right off of him being like, she's too attractive of a female. Right. And then, like, everything that happens with Etienne later. I just, can't control myself. I can only think of her as a super attractive female. And she has yeah. no other basis. She's too hot. I'm in wait. Right. Like, what? And then, then she goes to there, like, okay, I get it. You guys are doing counterterrorism. I don't know what's happening, but this is my coworker who you guys are saying is dead. And now she's some weird worm thing. And he even so, asks her why she wants to do this. And she basically points to Core and is basically like, I didn't know anything about clones until I met Core. And I like Core and Core's a nice person. And he's a good worker. So it's And like, the fact that they won't even give him the right fucking hands and want to send him back to the line. Yeah. This is why I'm fucking doing this because I don't think it's right that like, my government has made a slave army. Yeah. Like, clearly she has, like... She's conflicted. Well, not even conflicted. Because she, she, like, she has a fucking job. But she has a passion. Yeah. You know, because, uh, let's be honest. We she's able to see, like, Cora, because he's just, like, her co-worker. So she's like, oh, he's just a person. So, like, what the... Because I'm sure before that she probably never met a clone because they're never, like, outside right. of the real society. Right. But she actually met him and was like, oh, wait, we have an entire army of guys like him who are just forcing into this and they have no choice? Right, because that's the whole thing is, that's the whole point of a lot of this, uh, of any content in Clone Wars era, is that the citizens don't realize that the clones aren't wet droids. That's kind of like a slang for them, is that they're not like... We're not droids, yeah. Right, that they don't realize that, and they talk about it later in the series. Even the war propaganda makes it sound like they're Bowen. Right, it makes it sound like, well, it's okay that they died, because they were made to die. Yeah, but they're, they're not they're not people. humans like us. They're yeah. different kind of humans. Yeah, you know, and so that's kind of like the whole difference. And so then Bessie meeting one, seeing one, and being like, "This is a fucking individual." You know what's just so fucking annoying with this? It's like this is like it's a very outdated view of it. But when was this technically? When was this book? You know what? I looked it up for our contact, and I forgot for this. But let me. You're right. Two thousand five. Okay, that is earlier than I thought. Um, me too. I was. I thought I for some reason I thought her contact was 2005 and it's just like 2008 but yeah okay well then I guess I or at least maybe maybe okay so were there early outs regardless or like yes but so if sorry probably 2006 okay but so but that feels like a little bit of a way of like it's a shitty fucking way to think of it which is also odd with Karen being a Turk but that feels like a you don't realize that like gays should have rights until you realize like oh one of your friends is a gay and then it's like oh there's this whole thing I don't understand maybe we should let the gays marry like you know it's like oh yeah oh, well okay I've never thought about this but this friend now says that they want to marry their boyfriend and they're a man but I love them and they seem like they're in a good relationship yeah okay yeah I guess now I'm an ally. Like, <laughs> yes, that's right. right. It's a very, like, odd, early, odd, right. It's the exception rule of, like, 
now that this person I care about is in this situation, they are the exception. Right. Exactly. Yeah, those those gays are monsters. Mom, I'm gay. No, no, you're different. You're different. But I even though I don't even think it's that. And I think it's more of this, like, you never, you thought that none of this really existed. That it was such a small community. It was such a small population that it really didn't matter. And you yeah. never really had to have your own stance on this issue. Yeah. Until all of a sudden. You have a friend. Who and all of a sudden. Right. You have all of a sudden a person who does need to have a stance on this issue because it's them. And now you say, yeah, you know what? I guess I do need that. It's a, Which it's, is completely opposite of turf thinking like which makes no sense right 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 because right. it's like she's basically doing this with like oh you're a clone so like here's this but like you should have that you she just never met a trans woman <laughs> like is that what this was is that what's happening yeah i don't know because um one thing before we continue with the actual fucking story <laughs> is what you were saying this whole like ideal of like being introduced to it and that yeah. like she keep, seems to have this weird and she seems to have this weird ideal of like being like okay yeah i want these communities underrepresented communities to be represented but then is it her yeah it doesn't make sense and i remember one person actually at, you know i was on tumblr and i was looking at like republic commando stuff and other different things and then like you know i got onto the gay mandalorian couple i was talking about because mm. that was actually and i I think 2010 or 11, 2009, 2010, 11, around that time. And someone literally said that that was their first ever introduction to, it was, it was one of their first introductions to like gay, like Media. like gay people in general. Yeah, yeah. And they were saying like how, how meaningful it was to them as they came out and like, you know, realizing who they were and that like this was just normal and fine and it wasn't, and it, and it was honestly done in a good way. Like that was done in a good way for them and they were, you know, they were just reading a dumb star wars book yeah that's what's so frustrating i think about karen is that like the dumb star wars book is counterintuitive right well then this person was like now i feel shitty about that i know who they are and like that's kind of my whole yeah. thing with my whole relationship with the mandoa language and the mandoa culture like it started from this but it's so much more now yeah but that whole idea of like she really just like like some of the things she did was at least good where she gave it a voice yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Yeah, especially like, weird. It's frustrating when people are good sometimes and <laughs> you know, it's it's like, easier good in some a, things and terrible in others. Right. It's, it's easier when a person is just bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and of say, course What is this gray bullshit? Of yeah. course it's Star Wars. No one in the world is actually <laughs> it's all gray. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Back to the Much story. like the real world. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's why Star Wars is, you know. Mm. Um. All right. So she ends up giving the data pad, and I think Cal ends up asking her, like, "Sure." She's like, "Yeah, whatever." Yeah. So they end up getting some information from her, and then it ends up switching to Fee and Sev on a roof, basically getting ready to set up cameras to follow the contact Perev. <laughs> I literally just said, "Follow Perev, flirt." Place Pete on speeder. Yep. <laughs> so they just keep like going back and forth. They do this whole thing. They're like kind of like trying to one up each other. And Fee like basically like sets a ladder across the balcony like 30 stories over on Coruscant. Just runs fucking across it. Seb ends up following him. They set everything. But when they go back, Fee makes it fine. But Seb nearly falls. Yeah. And Fee's able to pull Seb up. But Seb dislocates shoulder. And Fee's like, whatever. It's not like a big deal. Like calm down. And uh, Sev is like, you don't understand. Val will kill me if he finds out that I hurt, injured myself 
doing something reckless. Because he's like, who cares? Like, you'll just be, like, on, you know, whatever. Like, light duty for a little yeah. bit. And he's like, no, I can't tell. So, this Val. is the scene when I was like, oh, I see how face everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get it now. Okay. So, also, that, like, it's not a big deal. It's just as a good short. Dislocated shoulders hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, Fee's not going to get beat by his dad because his shoulder's dislocated and it seems like seven. No, just get emotionally beaten. Right. Yeah, yeah, I'll get emotionally right. beaten, but he's not going to get so, emotionally So, Seb ends up begging Fee to help. It basically is, like, you know, like I said, he said, Val would kill me. He even brings Aiden as the example. He brings up that, like, mm. it, it, this is the first time that anyone really gets the verification that Aiden's scars are because of Val, even though it was implied. So Fee ends up relocating his shoulder and basically saying, he nuts, and Seven ends up saying that. Sexual favor. <laughs> okay, anyway, chapter seven. <laughs> so this is what we find out. It is actually Jen Art, oh. in that she is basically spying for Kaluria, and she is pissed at the Republic because they did not follow their part of the deal, saying that they would leave Kaluria to the Galore. Which, I didn't think we were going to bring that much of our contact lights, and I was kind of like, oh, we're actually, okay. It wasn't, if that made it feel a bit more serialized and a bit less episodic between the two books. It was like, oh, we're literally bringing in, like, the yeah. plot of the first one. As we keep going further and more and more of the glorious shit becomes more and more. Okay. So it, it, I did, like, um, there was, it's annoying there were some instances of good writing that was one of them. Right, or where at least it's enjoyable. <laughs> but basically, Jenner says that she has useful information and that she can be used to help the Republic, but only if the Republic follows their side of the deal. What's that? Right. <laughs> so, so basically, they all, like, Cal ends up saying, like, I have no friends. I have to bring further. I can't just give you the gift. Uh, so he said that he will check to see if they can do it. So during this time, we also have Etain coming to Cal about using the check command, ironically, in... Cal basically is like, well, it's not me. You have to apologize. I don't like, you know, whatever. Yeah, you have to go apologize to her. So she does. She apologizes to Ordo and basically says, like, uh, <sighs> uh, she basically says that, um, Ordo, I owe you an apology. I was wrong. You used a check command and you're right to be angry with me. She ends up saying, I realized you had a bad deal on, uh, I realized you had a bad deal, Ordo. And he says, on Camino? She said, even now, I think. And then it's Ordo blinked a couple of times as if she wasn't making sense. She had no idea where his mind ranged in those split seconds, other than the, that he felt like a flurry of activity in the... I didn't, I didn't have a mother or a father, but a stranger willingly chose me to be his son. You had a mother and a father, and they let strangers take you. No, General, don't pity me. You're the one who has had the worst deal. Which, I feel like it's half for... Well, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of... Right, like, because, yes, that is... But then, like, we don't focus on that. For Etain and, you know, a little bit more, but still to not very much for Jessica. But we're all about the daddy here's a fucking clown. Right, right, yeah. So she ends up kind of just being like, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> yep. Um, so then we end up setting up another meet with, to solidify the deal. Basically, they state that Cal basically has more than just weapons, you know, Republic weapons, mm-hmm. hinting that he has explosives. And he ends up getting intercepted during this whole thing and is taken in a car away from, or I guess, uh, Jessica and Fee end up following out of fear, <laughs> not knowing what the hell is happening. So at the meeting, they end up negotiating in a like super rich apartment about how much they're paying. And it, there is a good line here about like the difference of like rebels are either, you know, rebels in general, if any, are either the poor who are been like, you know, exploited or the people who like to act like 
they are exploited. Which I think was kind of a nice point. Or the people who can fund, who has the luxury to fund the ideal of the exploitation. Mm-hmm. They do end up making a deal after a few negotiations for a few, I think it's $4 million or 4 million credits for sorted that. At this point, we also have Ordo returning or for help, I guess, escorting Bethany back to the logistics center and Bethany basically help. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I got ahead of my. She isn't going back. She basically says that she wants to help in any way that she can. I know that she says like, I'm so chapter this, chapter seven. Chapter 17 is long as fuck. The hell? <laughs> yes. You have something to say, bitch? <laughs> like almost an entire minute of no noise. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm trying! <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. Oh, never mind. He is returning her to the logistics center. I was right the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, But she basically says that she still wants to help if she can. And that, all right, so she basically tells him to be safe and she wants to continue to be informed at least. Yeah. So that was my initial assumption. And then I thought I was so sorry, y'all. Nah. And when I say y'all, I mean Marie Me, was right. I was right the first time. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was gonna get ahead of myself. Yeah. So then we also have <laughs> Fee and everyone waiting. <laughs> Fee and Jessic waiting for um, Cal outside of the apartment. Cal ends up coming. And then Jessica feels some kind of present force and warns Fee and Fee is like, hey, someone's here. And then someone appears and they're like, oh shit, it's another Null. And it's Morel. Yeah. And Morel whitewashed him. Yes. Quite literally. <laughs> yeah, quite literally. Yes, Morel actually whitewashed himself. <laughs> the term is skin bleaching. And eye color changing and hair color yeah. is a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, we just can't let people read people of color apparently. <laughs> No. Oof. Oh my god. We basically start chapter 19. Sorry, it just clicked why. So a while ago, just looking on the like Makari wish stuff, it was like a clone trooper. It was really in a public commando gear. It was a white dude. I'm like, that's not right. Come on, is this like the old stuff? It was Jasper. It, it was it was him as this. It was literally the- What the fuck are you talking about? This was not Jasper Morale. I mean, Jasper Morale was a Mandalorian. Jasper. Jasper, sorry. sorry. This is Morale. One of the novels. Oh, one of the- Morale okay. is his first yes. name. Yes. That it, this guy, it's that name. This, yeah, there's a toy of him in the white one. Morale Socrata. That's what they would have. Maybe. Well, let me make sure. That's what they would have called. Okay. I'll check again, but I think that or it was just a really old one where they just kind of put. Well, it could have been just Morale, but it's not saying that was it Gregor? Morale was in it. It wasn't Gregor, Gregor. Right. No, it was a white dude with blonde hair. Oh, that doesn't mean shit, though. True. Racist. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. chapter 19. No, like, usually I think the beginning, like, little parts are really good and fun and build the world. This one pissed me off. Because chapter 19, out of nowhere, we get, I had no mother and no father. I was four years old when they first put a weapon in my hands. I was taught to suppress my feelings and to respect and obey my master. I was encouraged to be obsessive about perfection. It wasn't the life I would have chosen, but the one ordained because of my gene. Just like the men I am expected to command. But now I have something wonderful, something I have chosen. And I will never let anyone take this child I am carrying. General Etain Parmu. <laughs> That's like what well, I, I more of what I'm bad about is that this is this is this is where we hear that she's pregnant. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And then we just get on with like normal shit, and then it's just Ordo at the logistics center. Oh, <gasps> yeah, I guess I forgot that Wait, that even happened what? there. Like, what? <laughs> right, you don't even like, find out from Etain that right, she's... like, I don't want to hear about it at the beginning part. I was like, when does this take place? We don't have a date. What? What is this? How, when? Who? Like, I hated that I, so much. Us, yeah, from... I uh, remember the first time I read this, I read that over and over and over and over again. Like, what? 
<laughs> it's so strange. It's a, that's a very strange way to put it. I hate it. Yep. Anyway. So, then we have Ordo assassinating people during his lunch break. The huge. <laughs> eating a salad, killing some people. Yeah, yeah Morel's there. They're, they're having... They're having a good little bro time. Literally, though, can we talk about the fact that all of the gnolls that don't actually have contact with Cal are way totally normal. Yeah, and says Ordo is weird as fuck. Morel? No problem. Prudy? Comrick? Auden? <laughs> they doing their shit. They're living their lives. Ordo's the abused one. <laughs> but Ordo. No, Ordo's the best boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't you know? <laughs> Alright, so they're basically planning this final meet with, oh, I guess technically the actual buy yeah. with our boy Periv. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of planning here yeah. of them getting the whole ideal of where everyone is on kind of the battlefield. Yeah. Making decisions about that. And then we end up getting to Etain's perspective where she, like, pretty much knows that she's pregnant at this point. Uh, oh. <laughs> the character a little, like, boom, boom yep. off a glass at this point. That was the that character development. Yeah, bye-bye, Etain. You used to be a cool gentleman. Now you're just a pregnant mom. <laughs> <laughs> I... You sigh, but it's very true. <sighs> it, it hijacks her entire. It, it, I, right. I hate that. It does. It's not. It's not her character anymore. Which is annoying because it could have. You can do point in the scene without hijacking a person's character. And she can still. Not for me to bring up Xena, but like literally, they both were pregnant at one point. Both well, of she can still be like X Files. We're literally like. No, that was a whole mess. You that was a whole so, mess. Well, they had to invite Jillian Anderson on planned pregnancy. True. But what I mean is like you can still be like you can still have this like connection to like being a parent and everything. Still and a second pregnant. Oh, okay, my bad. That, not the alien one. The actor, but she actually had the baby. It was Michael or something? I don't remember. <laughs> her, her, and fucking Motor's actual kid. I don't William, his name was William. Yeah. <laughs> it's been so long. But uh, it, I will say in true colors, she's a character. She's a human. She's a human not that's doing better. things that also. <laughs> It's not right. much better. She's a person that is pregnant and She's not, not just a, a, a personified womb. Yes. <laughs> and she becomes no, in the second half of that. personified womb with emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not great. It's not great. No, I, I um, even when it happened, I was like, oh no. I was like, why do we... It would have been fun if it just happened and she continued to be the same person, but she completely switches up. Now she's like, the force has led me to this moment. All I have ever wanted to be is a mother. And I was like, Really, really. Yeah. Fuck you, Karen. Yeah. this whole thing of like, well, you gotta know this whole thing of like, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I thought my life. This is what the force has done. This happened. What can I do to make this the best possible? It's right. It's it's, it's, it's like it almost got there, but it didn't. It could have right. been like maybe the force has let me this moment, and it was even like I guess maybe if they had had her questioning a little bit before she realized she was playing that she maybe didn't want to be a Jedi. But now it's just the fact that she's playing it means she won't, probably will no longer be able to be a Jedi. Which, like, if you had win that in more, but now it was just like, oh. Like, it's just, ah, uh, it's just, it, I just, I hate it. I hate it so much. I'm not even to the bad parts yet. This is just the introduction. Ugh. She does a 100% drop off at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. She also was suddenly interested in everyone's family. Mm. But she does also get, I think Val ends up introducing her fully to, because as shitty as it is, that was an actual decent Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. He he puts the ideal of like, yeah, I, I did have a family, but they weren't my family. They didn't accept or not. You know, I had a blood family. They're not my family. You know, Mandalorians, they picked her. And yeah. like, that's where we get this first real ideal of like this whole found family adoption thing. He actually cares thing. about his family versus daddy deadbeat. <laughs> See, we have, we, you're confused. We all get on the back. 
<laughs> we all get on the y'all. I'm running two colors. Yeah, <laughs> y'all be here. Y'all be here. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> the, the opening to that book. I can't wait to talk about that because that is just fun. Uh, she does also find out that he was declared. Cal was. Huh? Cal was declared Darbora by his kids. His his, it, his his blood kids. His sons specifically. Yeah. His, oh, his daughter doesn't count. By. No, no, no. She did not sign the. His dad took. People. His son took the time signed no, no, paperwork no. saying you're a shit father. <laughs> uh, if everything else was correct, which it isn't, about Mandalorian culture, which is ridiculous because this person made it up, but it's wrong. This isn't how Mandalorians work. I know I sound insane saying that, but it isn't. No, I know. I hear what you're saying. Um. Right, but no. His, everyone. Uh, every child has the say to declare a parent Darboro. And every child has the right to do that in them. Yeah. His sons did. His daughter did. His daughter chose not. Okay. His daughter who, as we said in our contract, sometimes forget. Or in the previous it was later, later, it was earlier than this. Yeah, yeah like sometimes that she... fucking forgets that she exists. Yeah. Hmm. Which is also like, literally, I mean, if you know nothing about Mandalorians other than the show The Mandalorian, you can get why a child saying, you are no longer my parent. It is bad. It is the biggest fucking disgrace. It is on par with being called like a demogorgon. Like, that's the level. That is the worst fucking thing you can be in. You'd probably rather be called a demogorgon than you would be called Darboro. Yeah, because then at least, you know, you're just killing the kids. Right, maybe you killed a kid a few kids because whatever, like a accidental casualty in a war. But Demogorgon ends up being just called like a someone who harms later. But to actually like be disowned. Like, but for your kids to say, nope, you're not a father, you're that, or not a parent. I can't believe it's so <laughs> a parent. I'll do it later. Yeah, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Where are we now? Anyway. Back to the book. Back also at the same book. time, Val and Cal end up arguing about their casualties. Because mm-hmm. again, this is Val v. Cal. We bring up a lot in this whole series. Mm-hmm. Where Cal, Val is basically like, well, I felt I've had far less die than you have. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. And Cal's like, well, you are you were fucking beating them to death. Yeah. Because this whole thing, Cal feels guilty and they end up like basically talking about how like, he says something about like a clone that died or something. And that they were doing live fire exercises when they were five years old. Which means that they were ten and I didn't. I was gonna say, it was like when they were literally two and a half slash five or when they were five slash ten? I think when they were five slash ten. Okay. But basically the sergeants and everything like, they were they were made to fire on them. Yeah. So sometimes they were the ones that killed them. Wow. Um. So, I mean, clearly anyone would feel guilty about that. So Val feels guilty about that, which I mean, Understandable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, I guess. <laughs> It's something. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, okay. Etain was talking about family. What is this? It's Marsh, so gay. <laughs> oh my god, the gay. The gay. Okay. I'm not sure I like civilian society, he said. I think I felt safer under fire. Coming from Fee, it would usually have been a joke. But like all his jokes, a bit of reality lay not far beneath. He hadn't adjusted gracefully to the outside world. There was a moment of silence as reality intruded on all of I'll shoot you and tear you up, Seth said suddenly. Yeah. They're gay and they have a very strange, very strange BD dynamic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you feel it. you you get a, a little bit. I was more saying, um, sorry. I mean, I'm, I am sorry about it, but I was more saying I do like uh, <laughs> I do like fees like questioning throughout of um of like, and I feel like it does. I don't know. Fee is definitely the the maybe it's just because I did reread like the last like chapters um before I like came over to record this, so maybe it's just because it's just fresh in my mind. But I do like that he like 
has this thing of like being on Coruscant was weird and not everything was easier when he was just on Camino or he was on like Kalori and he didn't really know what real life was like. Mm-hmm. And now that he knows, it's like he's questioning everything and it's weird. And so, and he's kind of questioning everything and it's weird while like Aten is like kind of in a thing with Lasima and Darnie Tana completely fucking and Niner doesn't get enough screen time so we don't know. Niner is Ace. Niner is Ace. Okay, I can Niner's see that. Eight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and Niner, yeah. No, okay, that makes sense. Right. Yeah, 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 So Niner doesn't care. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, so. Ace, uh, Ace Aero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I so I do kind of like that part of it, because, like, I feel like it should have been made a little bit earlier, because it's just so weird of, like, he's questioning, but there's not really a specific, like, and I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying enough attention to it. I was like, oh, it's because Kamino is so different. Coruscant is so different from Kamino. That he has, he doesn't know how to yeah. really articulate what he's experiencing. But I think Karen's not enough good enough writer to actually like say that. So I just kind of was, we're just like, okay, or we just just you're right, just like the way it's written. But here's the thing: is I, I'm not okay. I don't want to say this in any any way, shape, or form because I'm a fanfic writer. Oh, as am I. So yes, and I love reading fanfic, and I think fanfic is. But they were honestly some of the most. I think fanfic is some of the most authentic, good stories I've ever read. But there is a point where there are certain things that you they're like they're like they're tropes and things that you write into and some stuff is very obvious because you're technically writing and being like hey here's this reference you guys get right like you understand that right because you're you you're or starting with characters and a situation that people know well like you won't explain something because like clearly people know what you're talking right about. because like they've seen the show they've like well they've read the they book they the watched face. the movie yeah, so they material. know what you're you, what you're going off of. So you don't need to explain some things because clearly everyone knows. And I feel like this is kind of I mean, where I feel like how Fee is feeling about this is almost like he's coming off of like you know a, a mini series that happened in between, like a mini series TV show in between Hot Contact and this. We was talking about. Oh, was that the end of yours? It was when you downloaded the um, the ebook? It was called Targets or something. Yeah. I didn't read that much, but I only read, like, the first, like, <laughs> couple pages. And I've never read any of them. Okay. I read, like, the first couple chapters because it was, like, uh, I was, like, wait, what? What the fuck is this? Is this still the end of it? I was, like, oh, no, the book is ended. I oh. have read all 11 slash fanfics, it's two of which I wrote. But the, what? The, so, okay. So, I guess it was, like, a, it was like a short story that, like, Karen yeah. also wrote. But basically what it is is like they're going on some mission on Coruscant mm-hmm. and it starts that Fee is literally like leaning out of the helicopter being like oh my god this is what Coruscant is like, this would be so cool wouldn't it be and he's like internally thinking like wouldn't it be super cool if I could just be like and he's like looking at people like walking down the street and like and he's like wouldn't it be cool if I could just like walk down the street and maybe like you know I could just be a normal person on the street there he said and look at this stuff is, yeah, yeah. exactly and so it was kind of then so it, it feels like that's almost building off of that short story which like is not an actual thing but it which is also like- definitely where he um where he's he stopped the bomb that saved the cop yeah but then Seb says fuck the police <laughs> but he says I instinctively I wasn't meaning to he said I didn't the mean police. to save the police I just I jumped just on saved the bomb. police I'm not police horse matter please but if you're only buying me beer, sure, I'll take your free beer. <laughs> right. Anyway, back on track to that fucking story. So, they end up going to this whole meet. I mean, what? They deliver the explosives. Barden goes undercover as his nephew. Barden is in Calcicrata's boyer's armor. 
But I don't think we actually talked. But it's it's his dad's armor. Okay, so yeah. okay, so that's where he got it. Because I know later they talked about him being in like at least like Republic Commander or a Mandalorian armor. No, he's in Mandalorian, not. In- Okay, because the way, in the later scene, the way Etain is talking to him, he is in Mandalorian. But I, yes, I, he is. I, he is, I guess he is I 100% Mandalorian. Missed over where uh, the Mandalorian thing was. Yes. I do, this is, like, I did like this scene, because what you were saying earlier, Quark, of, like, it is everyone. And everyone, annoyingly, seems like an equal in this fucking scene. So it's right. like, Delta, Omega, Jessic, Etain, Cal, Val, they're all the same. Like, which is fucking annoying for, which is fucking annoying because, like, we already know from that weird, like, intro quote that Etain is pregnant, but she's still considered an equal member of the team, along with everyone else, but then it just, like, after this, it's just, like, boom, off the cliff. Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, what I'm going to say here is that it's a it's a lot of, I mean, reading it, it's a lot of fun, good action. Yes, it was a good action. There's a lot of different parts going on. They basically have to convince the people not to cut open the explosive pass with a knife because it could explode off. All of it. Yeah, well, basically, that's what, like, um, yeah, what uh, Cal and Jessica are doing. Well, like, all of the other members are kind of like, oh, we need to shoot the dust and hit everyone else. So it's like a very, like, oh, we got, like. Oh, no, at this point, they're out until oh, they, need to, they need to contain the. Ex- this is the very end, girl. This is the last battle. Wait, did we skip over the one when they were all there? Okay. We did not. We talked about it. Remember, because. Seb was saying that he was wild and then he shoots, so shut up. And then Fee was Oh, like, you were just talking about gay and you distracted me, so I missed yeah. what that scene was actually about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this yeah. is the final one. Cool, cool, cool. This okay. is the final. This is the final big old fight. Okay. And I mean, it is a good fight scene to read. Honestly, I'm not going to fucking explain it because it's a fucking action scene. It's, yeah, it's just... Right. So they basically end up securing the explosives. It's a, basically a middle pain. They end up fighting in a warehouse. The only really big thing is that uh, Darman gets hit pretty bad and is, like, literally covered in flames. They... I, I, I do like the description of that. Is that from Fee's perspective? I think so. Maybe, it's either Fee's or Socrata. But, well, it's a, it, but it's, like, literally they're talking about, like, that Darman looks like he is on Fire. And mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck, are they about to like, is this how going to get around Ichi not having to tell him that she's pregnant? Is that he's literally going to die right here? Or like, is he going to die? I was like, either he's going to die and Ichi doesn't have to tell him about the party, or he's going to get so severely injured, he's going to be like almost like honorably discharged out of the clone army. Honorably and- discharged? You know what an honor- honorary <laughs> discharge of the clone army is? Bullet to the back of the head. <laughs> but maybe Socrata would be okay. He hadn't had the conversation with Ichi yet, so I didn't know. So we dull two colors. Ah. <laughs> so no, I thought maybe that would be what, and then Darman ends up just being fine, but whatever. Right, but it is a nice imagery. Yeah. Of all that shit. Um, they do also, I think this is actually slightly before the battle where um, Jessica and Etain talk, and Jessica's basically able to be like, yeah, so I know you're pregnant. Oh, is when he's in there in Mandalorian armor? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, girl, I know you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah, I think you want to be more of a Mandalorian than you do a Jedi. And like, she's like, yeah, I think cool. we both have problems with the <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like. It's so fucking annoying. I like that scene. Of them right, both being like, scene. yeah, we were taken from our parents. We were forced into being Jedi. And it doesn't fucking fit. He'd rather be a Mandalorian. And Etain would, you know, rather be with the person she loves than be a Jedi. And it makes more... Like, and they won't equal footing in that scene. 
Yeah. But then Jessica's treated like a baby who is, it's fine if he wants to be a Mando. Mm-hmm. And Etain is treated like a mm-hmm. fucking asshole because she slept with Thorman. Even this, this is a perfect example of, uh, this is during that whole battle we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Pretty in the middle of it. We have Socrata held up his verpine in his left hand, knife in his right, listening as Jessica drew his lightsaber, a Jedi Knight in a Mando helmet. Bardica, I'll take that image. This whole idea that like, Barton is like this Wonderful exception of a Mandalor- of a Mandalorian who happened to have been a Jedi in his past. But and Etain is a Jedi ask, who fucked over a Mandalorian. And if you ask, if Cal, I feel like, gave the option to Etain, being like, cool, you want to be with Darman? You want to be his, like, do you want to marry Darman? You want to have his fucking kids? Cool, you be a Mandalorian? I feel like she'd be like, cool, I'm going to quit being a Jedi. I'm going to be a Mandalorian. 100%. She wouldn't He doesn't give her that fucking option. Because let's be honest, the whole point of the Mandalorians is that they take in. Literally They're anyone. supposed to take in anyone. But no, the way no, Karen is writing, it's only men. Right, the whole point is, yes, and that's my biggest problem. It's my biggest fucking problem. Yeah, but I, I do have this of Darman being basically set on fire. This Darman was illuminated like a jet black statue, rifle still raised, enveloped in blazing liquid. He didn't even scream. But I did, I, I do like that. I, yeah. I thought that, that was one of the semi. Yeah, that, that was one of the guys. Yeah, there's, there's so much here at the end that gets, <laughs> there's so much here at the end that gets, what I just fucking said. So that is an excellent description of ending that. There is so much at the end. There is so much. <laughs> I said it's <laughs> CFS has an interest pretty low on the food chain, but they led to all kinds of other people. CFS had an interest in, and they're off the streets for a while. He paused as another lo- loud whoop interrupted. I don't know where we're going to put them all, though. The lockup is filling up fast. Let's just put them in the south port. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was saying they were, yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> they arrested too many people. Just, just have them sleep in the parking lot <laughs> <laughs> with the Black Lives Matter protesters. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone can talk about X Men on their podcast for all of May. <laughs> <laughs> I do like this. This is one of the chapter quotes. I said like at the beginning of each one. This one is actually from General Barton Jessic. And says, when you when you can no longer know what your nation or your government stands for, or even where it is, you need a set of beliefs you can carry with you and cling to. You need a core in your heart that will never change. I think that's why I feel more at home in the barracks than I do in the Jedi. That is also very a Mandalorian. When you can't be at your home, when you can't know where it is, where it is in a place, you need to have your core set of values. Mm-hmm. That is the whole point of Mandalorian. Barton has been a Mando from the- So anyway, they end up, whatever, defeating their little fight. They get their goddamn explosives. They find the terrorists. Hooray! Yeah. Now we get to the soap. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest, that was fun, but not nearly as fun as- You say fun. I say, I didn't want to be angry the rest of the night, but now I'm going to be pissed off. Well, first we get to this whole point where we'll, we'll talk- Quickly, real quick, about the Aiden Val thing. Yeah. Aiden is like, I'm ready to fucking kill Val. Let's do it. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't want to kill him. And Aiden's like, nah, I'm sharpening my knife right now. And And he's like, attempt to, like, calm the situation with humor. And Aiden's like, no, fuck you, dude. Clunk, clunk, clunk. And he's like, no, I'm actually going to stab him in the fucking throat. (laughs) Oh, we also didn't get the whole thing with, I'm sorry. The whole thing with Val, I did actually like the whole Val um, and Etain hunting with Merc. Yes. The stroke. Yeah. 
<laughs> because like Ejen has fucking agency and she does something in that scene. She gets actual. Well, and Val respects her as a warrior yes. and a soldier and like a, 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 an equal. Yes. He says, he even says things like, I mean, I think it's more that she's younger more than anything else, but he literally says, like, I think I mentioned this a lot, where he says something like, I know it's not the Manda way, but. If you want me to go first, it's not because you're a woman. You know what I mean? He like literally specifically says like, I can handle this if you don't want to. Yeah. Because he realizes that she's like a fucking 17 year old. Yeah. And that she's scared and she's doing this because people are forcing her. And that he, she has basically been raised the same way as the clones, but in almost a less honest society. And I, that's why I kind of think like Val, Val is definitely a better Mandalorian in general than Khaled, I would say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, As yeah. we go forward, because he, he, I mean, he I may mean, be an asshole. Say, he may be an abusive asshole, but it's not based on sex. I feel like it was in our our Mandua uh, language and culture episode. We were saying that like there's no like nothing in, in Mandalorian culture is gender. Yes, and I feel like Val is 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 like ascribing to that. Cal is not exactly. He because he is treating Eating completely differently than he is treating Jessic. Yeah, and even like. It, I and what we're gonna get to, and no, it's like he's like, oh no, I don't have a problem with you. I have a problem with Jedi, and like, but he you doesn't, have a problem with Jedi, but you don't have a problem with Jessica. He doesn't have any problem with Jessica. He's like, no, 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 you got a problem with her because she's a woman who's fucking one of your fucking sons that you didn't raise correctly, so he doesn't know what fucking it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they basically have a whole thing with Merc. Merc's fun. We love her. She's a big old, or they're a big old puppy dog cat. Yeah. Creature, <laughs> flying squirrel. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I was just like, oh, okay. But anyway, we do end up getting with Val and Fee finally have their confrontation. Val and Asian? <laughs> yes. I mean, Fee's also around, but he's not fighting Val. <laughs> Val's fighting Val. Like, about homophobia. No kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, I'm a Val. They end up having their whole fight. And basically everyone is just like, well, let's see what happens. <laughs> and Aiden is basically has a vibro blade at Val's throat before Jessic literally, like, force pulls them off of each other and is literally like, nope. I feel like there's one super cool Jedi moment, and in the last one, it was when Etain was able to clear that whole tunnel while they were crawling out of um, Hokin's palace. Uh-huh. And in this one, it's when Jessica runs in literally in his pajamas. Yes! And, uh, pulls <laughs> and it's like, and bow, bow and be like, I'm technically your fucking jail, assholes! Get away from each other! <laughs> it's also said that he is about Cal's height. Which means that he's about five seven. He's so <laughs> and all the clones are about like six, like six. a split six one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. Well, yeah, because they think and he also remember he has like shoulder blade scruffy hair. And I don't remember if his perspective it is, but it was I know they said like even in like in his pajamas he looked even more like a boy. Like yeah, he wasn't I think like, it was actually Cal's perspective. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he does end up pulling them apart. And they Which both, was cool because that seemed like because it's especially the, it felt very similar to when each time was able to clear that tunnel. I was like, oh I didn't know you had that much power, Jess. Like like that's cool. Right, because the whole time you seem to be like, you know, we seem to be like he's a good a fun, daring pilot. Yeah, he's good at like maybe piloting. he sucks or his dick every once in a while. He's like a pilot, he's like minimal healing when he's with E Tame, right. that's like it. Right. So like the fact that he's there and just being like, BAM, I can use the force dicks. And like, you know, yeah, like Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So then um we have everyone, I guess, technically celebrate the defeat. Yeah. And uh, Oh, we have all in the police social club and do it. <laughs> yeah. Navarro says, fuck the police. 
I also want to say that I don't think anyone said Seth was there. Seth, I'm going with Seth says Seth says Police! Because <laughs> he's gay. <laughs> he's the Lipris. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so they're all there. Etienne is basically on the roof, chilling, hanging out, uh, and just kind of contemplating life and the fact that she's fucking pregnant, doesn't know what to do, doesn't know what to tell. And we end up going to Cal and Etain on the balcony talking. Yep. At first it's like totally normal, totally chill. And basically both of them are talking and agreeing about wanting a future for the clones. Because he was just like inside uh, doing doing a divertiverter with the boys right yeah. that is right yes they were doing divertiverter so it was a whole like oh this is the culture community yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i made all my boys mando or all these clones mandalorians and like <sighs> and then he goes on the balcony with etienne who's watching traffic and contemplating how great motherhood is going to be so she tells him thinking that it's going to be something he is excited about so she hasn't told Darwin yet. Yeah, she has not told Darwin yet. She didn't tell Darwin Well, no, 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 no. no. Well, Jessica, Jessica found out. Jessica, Jessica tell. And of course he's fine with it because he's not a dick. Right, and he's like, I got you, sis. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the so she tells him and he... Goes off the handle. Wow. Oh my god, this is the most sexist thing that has ever happened. He basically... Quote, do you just want to read the next one? Oh <laughs> so she basically straight up says... Okay, this part is so fucking absurd. I feel like we should just like literally live read it. So, all right, all right. Let's Co- do it. Do you want me to be Utane? Yeah, yeah, you be Utane. I can be Cal. Okay, so I'm gonna. Okay, so we'll start with the first line when um out with the broth on the balcony. So uh, thank you for being so understanding about me and Dara. Eighteen said. Scratch rubbed his forehead. I'm sorry for lecturing you. I'm very protective of them all, but you're both happy, and I'm glad to see that. I hope you'll be glad that I'm having a baby. Then there was a moment of silence. What? That's Scratch. I'm pregnant. She watched his face harden. Pregnant? She hadn't expected that. An unpleasant coldness spread up from her stomach onto her face. Whose is it? Proud asked. His voice was level. Controlled. Just, it was a mercy. That hurt. Darman's, of course. He doesn't know then. He'd have told me if he did. No, I haven't told him. Why? How could he cope with that? It's hard enough for a normal... He's not abnormal. He's what you people made him. I meant... Etienne struggled. I meant that he has no experience to enable him to cope with being a father at a time like Nobody ever has. Socrates' voice didn't change. You planned this? How can he have a future if he doesn't know he has a son? Genes don't count forever. If anyone finds out that I'm expecting a child, I'll be thrown out of the Jedi Order, and I wouldn't be able to serve. I have to carry on. I can't let the men down. Socrates was furious. She felt it. She could see it, too. And if she thought that was bad, it would be nothing compared to how the Jedi Council She'd be kicked out of the Order. She'd no longer be a general and no longer be able to play her part in the war. But you knew that. You should have thought that through. The reality felt very different, and yet she didn't regret it one bit. And that was why she hadn't thought about the Jedi Council's reaction. It was right. The Force that guided her to the... And how are you planning to disguise this fact? The crowd asked, still cold, calm. It's going to be pretty visible. I can go into a healing trance and accelerate the pregnancy. I can bear this child in five months. She put her hand on her belly. It's a boy. That was probably the worst thing she could have told Socrata. Etienne should have known Mandalorians better by now. The father-son bond was paramount. Every scrap of warning that he had ever shown her her had evaporated, and it was devastating. And it devastated her. She had grown to love him as a father, too. And a good Mandalorian father put his sons first. It is a great plan of yours, then. This plan to give my lad a future. What did you think his son might become? Jedi? 
No, just a man. A man with a normal life. No, Attica. Prada's hands were thrust in his pockets. She could see the rise and fall of his chest as breathing labored with suppressed rays. A little black vortex in the forest opened up around. No, Darman's son will be Mandalorian, or he has no son at all. Don't you understand? Unless the kid has his culture and what makes him Mandalorian, he, he has no soul. That's why I had to teach them all, all my boys, what it is to be Mando. Without it, they are dead men. I know how important it is. No, I don't think you do. We're nomadic. We have no country. All we have to hold us together is what we are, what we do. And without that, we're Darmanda. I don't know how to explain it. We have no soul, no afterlife, no identity. We're eternally dead. Etienne repeated Darmanda to herself. That's how he got his name, isn't it? Yes. It began to dawn on her why Socrata and Val were both so obsessed with teaching their trainees about their culture. They weren't just giving them a cultural identity. They were literally saving their lives, their very soul. He'll be a force user. That will make him... Are you insane? Do you know what that makes him worth to creatures like the Kamanoans? Do you know how very interested people will be in his genetic material? He's in danger, you decoot. The value of her son's unique genetic heritage had never crossed Etain's mind. She was appalled. She struggled to cope with the hazards that sprung up around her as if from nowhere. But how can Dar raise him? You didn't ask that question when you started all of this. Do you really love him? Yes. Yes, you know I do, Cal. If I, if I don't have his child and he dies. When he dies. He's destined to die young. I'll outlive him, and you're built to live a long life. You said it yourself, just one broad generation of men. That's what's... <laughs> then there's nothing of the clones left eventually. Nothing to show they ever lived and served and died. And they're all des- they-, they all deserve better than that. But again, Darman isn't given any choice, Cal said. No choice about fighting. No choice about being a father. He laughed in the silence, walking to the far side of the balcony and leaning on it, just as he had when he she when she'd seen him agonize over whether he had been a monster or a man who turned small boys into soldiers and sent them to fight the ROTC. Etienne waited. There was no point arguing with him. He was right. She, she took choice out of Darman's hand, just as every Jedi general did. Cal, she said. He didn't turn. She put a Cal's hand on his back. She pouted him tense. Cal, what do you want me me to do to make this right? You don't want at, at least one of your men to leave something behind him. Someone you'll... Someone who... Wow, sorry. Fuck, I completely fucked that. Um, okay. <laughs> what is this? Can we start doing an audio book up there? No. <laughs> oh this God. is what... It's just everything is so I'm dramatic. having such a good time. Everything is so dramatic. We have to read all of it. Okay. I'm going to start back on this. Okay. All right. Uh, she put a cautious hand in his back. She felt intense. Cal, what do you want me to do to make this right? You don't want at least one of your men to leave something behind him? Someone who'll remember him? You can only remember what you... I'll keep the child safe. You've got a name for him, haven't you? I know it. You're... You know you're expecting a boy, so you all thought of a name. Mother's... Yes, I... Then I don't want to hear it. If you want my help, I have conditions. She knew that. She should have known. Sakata took his paternal role, role obsessively. And he was a hard man, a mercenary, a man whose whole instinct had been honed to fight and survive since he had been a small boy. I need your help, Kavara. Don't. I'm sorry. You want my help? Then hear my turn. Darman? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I had a moment. I'm sorry. I'm so bad. This is so shit. We have to read all of it. <laughs> this has been going on way longer than I expected, but like literally, the listeners have We're to We're doing an audiobook now and I'm obsessed. Father's name their sons. 
So if Dar can't do that, then I'll make sure that he does. So I don't have any choice? You could skip town to any one of Thousand's planets if you wanted to. And you'll find me? Oh yes, I find people. It's my job. And you tell the Jedi Order you hate me. No, I actually like you, Attica. I just despise Jedi. You Force users never question your right to shape the galaxy, and ordinary people never realize they have the chance. I think I think it would be very fitting for Darman's son to know his heritage. He'll do more than that. If Darman can't raise him as a, ma- a Mando, then I will. I've had plenty of practice. Plenty. Etain was helpless. Her only choice was to run, and she knew that wasn't fair to anyone, least of all her baby. It would have been confirmed to her that all she wanted was a child, something to cling to and love and to be loved by in return, regardless of how she got it. This had to be for Darman. His son could not grow up an ordinary man. And he, Etain had no idea how to raise a man or a son. So Carter did. If she refused, she knew exactly how far she, he would go to get his way. How would you cope with a force-using child, she asked. The same way I raised six lads who were so disturbed and damaged by being placed on my fire battle simulations as toddlers that they never stood a chance of being normal with a lot of love and patience. You actually want to do this, don't you? Yes, I do. More than anything, it's my absolute duty as a Mondoad. So that was his price. I can disguise the pregnancy. No, you're going to have a nice quiet few months under deep cover on Kalaria with one of Jinnar's people to keep an eye on you and just watch me make that happen. Then... You return with the child, and I raise it here, a grandson. Given my family history, nobody will turn up. What will you call him? If Darman is in the position to know the child's born, it'll be his choice. Until then, I'll keep my ideals. So you agree, man, So you agree, Darman shouldn't know yet? If I tell him, or you do, then how is he going to go off to war again and keep his mind on his own safe? He ships out again in a few days. So will you. This isn't like telling a regular lad that he's made a girl pregnant. And that can be bad enough. He's a clone with no rights and no real ideal of the real world, and he's made his Jedi general pregnant. Do I have to draw you a picture? Uh, Etain had never en- enraged anyone. The Jedi who had raised her and trained her all her life had been far beyond that emotion. They allowed themselves a little impatience or irritation, but never anger. And then Kawaiya, when she had, had the responsibility for four commanders thrust upon her for the first time in a desperate, dangerous mission, Jenna's anger and inexperience had been well short of anger. But Sakara was now drowning in it. She could feel his blind anger and how he he was holding it in his cheek. She could see the ashen tones in his face drained of blood. She could hear the strain in his voice. Kel, you of all people should know how much it matters. He once has disowned you for putting your clone soldiers before them. You must know what it feels like to risk hatred and contempt to do with the right thing for those you love. Why don't why you do the same again? If you had been Lucima telling me she was carrying Ames' child, things would have been very different. He has. There was a moment, but... There was a movement behind them. Oh, oh, that hit. Oh, girl. Okay, whatever. Okay, that's the that's the main point. Discuss. Fuck that whole thing. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. Like Jesus Christ, it's so. I can't believe we just recorded an audiobook. <laughs> that was disturbing. Like, a little bit was, but I feel like for the full understanding of the context, you needed to hear. You all needed of to it. hear all of it because it's so bad. It's so bad. Because I feel like it's, we could have even summed it up of in like, oh, this is kind of a bad, shitty thing that he said. It's just like how he says it, and that it's in every single thing he says over and over. That whole ideal of that she's not good enough. That he has to be the one, and that he literally threatens to if she tries to run. That she, that he'll be able, to, that he finds people. Yeah, it's so fucked. And also, like, 
Also him saying that, like, she took away Darman's choice? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like he wasn't an active participant in this act. (laughs) In the sex? Yeah. Like, if he didn't know how babies are made, Cal, that's on you. You're the one who says you're his father. Yes. Again, why doesn't he, why didn't he fucking get them some coffee? I mean, he had talked to Etain before saying they were having They started, we started our audiobook recording with Etain saying, thank you for being so understanding about me and Darman. He knew they were fucking. He already buy knew. some fucking condoms. Go to fucking Space Planet Parenthood. Go get <laughs> some fucking birth control. Get Ete to fucking force IUD. I don't fucking care. <laughs> like, what is the point? Like, I don't get it. Like, how can you say that? Like, she's like, it makes it sound like she fucking raped Darby. Yeah, it does. It does, and that's why I hate it so much. Yeah. I hate. I was literally reading that on my phone. When I was at work, and I was literally had to stop myself. And being, what the fuck? Well, I remember the first time we read it being like, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, when you read it, did me, she say, I literally stopped mid-page. Right, right. I was and it was like, like, what like, the fuck? It was like, did she, did, was there something in one of the like little mini kind of, you know, implied sex she scenes where she, you know, even if it would have been something of like, it's okay, we don't need a kind of meh. Not that like, that's necessarily a good thing. That is still a form of sex. Yes. But like, none of that no, happened. No, there wasn't enough. There was nothing. There was none and nothing there implied to <laughs> to give us that. And it, God, it's so shitty. That like, she made some kind of decision. Yes. All it, all it, the most we ever saw was that like, she said at one point was like, I've always heard that force sensitive people know the moment they can see. And I knew the moment I can see. Uh, that, that was it that we, that, that she said. Not that I made, you know, I was like. I didn't force I'm my ready. eggs to rape this cat guy. And, uh, yeah. My egg is ready for you. Right. <laughs> like, it's so odd. And we basically, I mean, it's so rough. It's so abusive. It's so horrible. And the thing that, I mean, he's clearly being blatantly abusive to Etain at this time. And the fact that he says in there, like, I don't actually hate you. And I was like, you don't? What are you fucking saying? And then the, the and fucking... Then the Attica. He says the Attica. Attica, the line about the Seema. I was like, fuck you. Not Etica. Or Etica. Which or, would be her name. It's just right. Attica, which is a general... Because he never, he's never called He her never does it with Etica. her name. Never. Yeah. It's always Attica. Yeah. And there's a lot of difference of being like child versus my, my child. child. Yeah. Right. Those are very different terms. Those are very different ideals. He always calls Jessica Bartica. He does. He calls Jessica Bartica all the time. All the time. Back. I can't never get that. Well, he has this weird fixation on men. Because remember, That's he forgets his daughter. Right. He forgets yeah. Rusin? <sighs> Ru- Ru- Rusan? Rue? She's gone. She's gone to the world. Who and cares? the fact that he's literally sending her to like a fucking mother and baby home on Caloria. Like, what the fuck? He said, we'll just have dinner. We'll just have the nun. The local yes, murder the local, nun. The local murder nun to take you onto the mother and baby home on Caloria so no one has to see when you're pregnant. And once it's done, you'll come back and I'll raise the kid as and my you'll... grandson instead of your kid. And it'll just be your sibling. Like, it's a fucking 1950s i mean it's it's so bad and it's also so i mean it's so fucking disrespectful to eating but it's also disrespectful to fucking Darman. yeah that he's even know this he, ideal he doesn't even get a choice he gets nothing he's no he's genius at all about how he did not getting him a fucking choice and he doesn't even he doesn't even tell Darman. no he he says no we have to, well, he's just we like, have to how dare you not let him make a choice also i'm not going to tell him now that and i'm not going to let him make a choice about this like what like what if him and each other have a conversation like, oh, I, this is fucked up for the both of us. Maybe you should go get an abortion. But they're not allowed to talk to each other about it. 
I wish. I wish. That seems to make the most sense. I wish. I don't think it would even be going to get a procedure. It'd probably just be like the force of war. I wish I could tell you. <gasps> when Dharma. Oh, God. No, don't. I don't want. Don't. No spoilers. I won't. I won't. I'm just so fucking fuming about this. Okay. Do not smash. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, just, it's too. Oh, God. It's too long. It's too long. It's too long. Because this is, this is what I hadn't reached. When we recorded the last episode, which is why I feel like maybe I was a little bit nicer to Cal, and then we were like, "Oh yeah, Etain isn't treated that badly." Yeah. And then I got the to this, and I was like, "What the fuck? God yeah. damn it!" Anyway, fuck Val. Anyway, at the very, very end, Ordo and Morale yeah, say that they have fucking care of the yeah, right, right. What the fucking police social club? Yeah, yeah, no, but we do have to say that Ordo and Morale say that they have a lead on Kosai, who is a main. Geneticist of the Kamalans. No, That's all I have to say. There's a place in Columbus where you can go play like a museum. K O S A I. Kosai. They said Kosai. I heard Kosai. No, I probably said Kosai. Let's be honest. I said Kosai. It was. It was different. Okay. All right. It's different, bitch. Just as you know. It's not as much fun. Yes, Kosai. Probably not. I agree with that. Terrible. A Kamanoan eugenics. Yeah. Wait, what? Eugenics. You said eugenics. I don't know. I know. Camino and uh, eugenics. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. There we are. Yeah. There we are. It's probably a lot less fun to go to Kosai. Yeah. So. All right. Kawashi! <laughs> Ready to shoot me. <laughs> Bye, bitches. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, that's the end of the book. Yeah, so I guess if you... Got terrible... If you have daddy issues and or... <laughs> oh, and or if you... Red uh, Triple Z and everything you would like to tell us about your feelings about it, we are Podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bukarshik Podcast at gmail.com and Bukarshik Pod on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. Bukarshara, B R I I K A S A K. I am also Quark. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> and I am also Big Boot Bitch on Tumblr and AO3. And um check out the Seth Beefick. I guess check out my two. <laughs> it's it's a series now. <laughs> but if you ever want to talk to me, you can message me on Tumblr or Twitter. I think I'm Big Boo Bitch Six on Twitter. Um yeah. Or the Fandalorian One. Or I'm also the Fandalorian <laughs> One, in which I am a Yes, in which I am <laughs> a secret soccer person. <laughs> yeah, I am a Mandalorian that goes to uh, Louisville, <laughs> racing Louisville FC soccer games. <laughs> so To tie our Mandalorian podcast into the National Women's Soccer League. Eh. Yeah. All right. So, uh... <laughs> See everybody. <laughs> okay, so we don't know what our next episode is going to be, but we will be back in two weeks after this episode. Josh, talking about something. something. All right. Bye. Matushimi. See ya. Kawashi. <laughs> oh my god. Embarrassing. Oh, here, let's pause. Jesus Christ, when you were pouring that water, I thought you were peeing with the Me door too. open. <laughs> Me too! Me too! God damn it! Is that gonna pay on the podcast? I was like, damn, that history was strong! Oh. He is going for it! <laughs> I hate that I say um. I hate that I say um. I hate that I say um. I hate that I say um.
apparently I stopped taking notes at this point. I was going to say, like, you turned that and there were just no notes. And I was like, um, I'm looking at the book, copy of the book you're holding. There's like at least 40 pages. really into painting because... I started screaming. <laughs> no, because Marika literally came home at this time. Remember, I was frantically... I kept saying, oh, yeah. Brett, leave me alone. I need to take notes. And you kept not. And I was like, I'm ready to take notes. Probably could do better.